As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You ever think about quitting? It's the combat of life hammering the snot out of you. Well, stand by, dig in deep, and get ready to get fired up with us. Welcome to the Team Never Quit Podcast, the number one podcast that inspires you to fight on. I'm your host, David Rutt Rutherford, here with Mr. Never Quit himself, Marcus Luttrell. Our mission is to help you embrace the suck of life, to teach you the values of working your ass off, and to interview the most hard-charging people on planet Earth. We know life is hard. It's time for you to suck it up, buttercup, and let us teach you to persevere in every environment imaginable by sharing real-world lessons learned by those who never quit. That's right. It's time, Marcus, for us to help them defeat the well, negative insurgency up, in their man. lives. You fire me up, Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's roll. Let's roll. So, imagine this, Marcus. Seriously, imagine this, wizard. I want you to imagine you are on a little bird. You're flying into some, you know, hellhole in the country and... And you have carte blanche in your mind that you're going to get to go big and do all this cool stuff. And then you figure out that's not how it's going to work out. (laughs) And and I want you to think about that in a way that forces you to evolve your perception of preparedness, of mentally preparing for something that shifts on you, mentally preparing for as you create Uh, uh, an image or an idea of what something should be or potentially could be or something that that you conjure, right? We conjure these things further down in our lives to be a certain way that, and then we prepare and we get ready and then all of a sudden we hit them and it ain't that way. Today's guest is a guy who tells you the way it is. Today's guest is a guy who tells you (laughs) Listen, this is, there's no bullshit here. This is how it is. And he trains people to think that way at, because of his incredible experience at the highest levels, his incredible experience as a master training specialist, he actually tells it like it is. That's why I love Pat. 
Yeah, I know what you're saying because a lot of people like to sugarcoat something so they don't. Cause, exactly. And, and, you know what? That, that makes you get into it. And once you're in it, people are like, you know, once he's in it and they see that, then they're like, well, I'm in it. I got to go ahead and go through it. He's the one who's like, hey, man, there's a pretty, pretty good chance them feet are going to come off. You know, it's like when you climb Everest, right? You, no one actually tells you all the time you're going to lose something when you go up that sucker, right? A finger. It's just, yeah, right? A foot. He's the guy who's like, hey, man, this is going to be a good climb. Get used to that toe right now. That's gone. Probably going to lose that finger, too. It's going to be fun. Let's do this. Come on. Fire up. Oh. Right? You know what I mean? Just straight shooter. And if you don't believe me after you listen to this, listeners, listen. First, let me get this out of the way. If you're a first-time listener to this show, thank you for coming to the Team Never Quit podcast. We are so fortunate to have you. Uh, Hopefully, when you hear this, you're going to gain something that's going to spark the fire in your gut so you can go out, overcome the obstacles, face adversity, and develop your never-quit mindset so you, too, can achieve in the combat of life. Thank you for coming. And now, if you're coming back again, we're so blessed to have you. I mean, Wizard, Marcus, we talk about that all the time. The, Absolutely. The, the only reason this show is successful is because of you. And you telling other people, hey, go check this out. It's good content. It inspires me on a daily basis. When I'm down in the dumps at work, when I'm stressed because I'm facing some tough call in my life, when I heck, when I'm just going to work out and going for that unbearable ten mile run, I flip Team Never Quit podcast on, and it inspires me to be better. That's why we're here. I mean, that's the mission, right? Absolutely. So, thank you for coming back. Thanks for being the first time listener. So, one of the great challenges as human beings, and I think a lot of people out there are, are what we connects us to so many listeners is because there is a huge struggle and the struggle is generally uh, because of the fact that we we misconstrue the pain that's in front of us we misconstrue the effort that needs to be put forth we misconstrue the outcome so to speak right now all you got to do is spend five seconds watching a Pat McNamara video on YouTube, and he's got a ton of them out there. Please go check them all out. Right, watching his combat strength training videos, watching, following him on Instagram or on Facebook. You spend five seconds, and the guy is telling you truth, and that's a huge thing for people. You're talking about distilling down the practical details that really matter on the ground. The man is a result of his experience, right? Bing, 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 bing. Give that man a blow pop. A hundred percent. That's what I'm talking about. I'm with you now. Thank you. Thank gotcha. you. But am I right, Marcus? I mean, it's uh, rare to find yeah, people man. that are trainers, instructors. There's one, first off, there are, what, 50,000 tactical instructors right now. There are 300,000 fitness instructors right That's now. That's an entirely different subject. No, I, but let me pull it back in. All right. How many of them are delivering quality messages that are bound to the truth of actual experience? Yeah. Well, completely understand what you're saying. Man. Hell, being born was tough on me and Morgan. So, I mean, you're, <laughs> you're, you're talking with a guy who his mindset has always been like, hey, man, it's always going to be rough. A lot of times people are like, hey, you know, it's going to, I'm training myself for the good times all the time, even though I'm going through the bad ones, but I'm getting my ass handed to me. That's not how it works, right? No. And then there's some of us who, 
They're like, hey, man, I think life's probably going to be tough all the way around, all the way through it, so I'm just going to stay focused like this, and, and when the good times come, I'll enjoy them, but I'll also be ready for the bad ones. Right? Their experience is that. It's an experience. So what, what he's giving you is like, hey, man, this is what you can read in this book, but I'm going to tell you about, okay, yeah, this is what's going to happen, and as that's happening, your skin's going to peel off, and then there's this <laughs> rash that kind of grows real, real funny up in here. Hopefully that wouldn't happen, but if it doesn't, your gums will bleed. No big deal. <laughs> Once we get past that, you know what I'm talking about? It's that. No, it's those details because yeah. he's seen it, he's experienced it. It's those small details you pick up on, well, this guy really look, knows what he's talking about. The only way you can tell, exactly. some of us, the only way you can tell a story about. is to, you know, there's, that's, you know, storyteller, I guess, right? There's people who can, they'll sit there and they'll tell you about something, the the, the Titanic going down. And then right. there's people who make, you know, tell you about the Titanic going down. Because right? they were on it. They were on it. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, well, cool movie. Check this out. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? That's what I'm talking about. That's why SEALs are trained by SEALs. So when they're busting our ass through hell, we can be like, man, you ain't never been down here doing this. And you're like, mm. uh, and halt. Yeah. Hey, look here, <laughs> new guy. You, this ain't nothing, Jack. This is the beginning. What I you, was in the hardest hell week class. Yeah. What are you complaining about, right? <laughs> and then one the guy, the, 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 those instructors that'll get down in there with you while they're training you. Oh, I mean, mm. Pat's in his 50s. And he posted a video the other day with him <laughs> running up as like a 30, 40 meter sprint up the clay hill where he lives, carrying a hundred pound like MMA dummy on his shoulder, sprinting up, dropping it, and then beating the pulp out of it for 30 seconds a minute, doing it like 25, 30 times in a row. That's awesome. Bro, I'd do that once and I'd be vomiting. Oh, I'm married. I'd use my dolly and then I'd grab the baseball bat out of the back of the truck and go to town on it. <laughs> hey, you know, I think what we need to do to bring everybody on the same page is give a background. Let's, let's talk about who Pat is and give people an idea. Thank you. So they're going to put all this in reference, okay? Thank you. So, brief overview. Let's just start where he gets into the army. Okay, he joins in 1983. Can I just do a preliminary to that? I always do when we That's, got these guys. 100 men okay. I didn't know will test that. today. These are the men of the Green Beret. Oh, I'm That's sorry, good. I gotta do it. That's good. A few people were inspired. Others. This is the number one song in off. 1968. Dude. I was going to say, man, I don't know if anybody... I had to do it. <laughs> no, right. I agree with you. 1983. He joins the Army. All right, he gets into something they call the SF Baby Program, which is just, uh, from what I understand, a condensed pipeline to get into SF, so uh, generally moving from boot camp right into it. Graduates from that, has some, has some trouble along the way as far as injury and whatnot, but gets the first group out of, uh, out of Fort Lewis, and he's there for three years. Then he moves into some, this is, uh, remember, the Cold War era, so... Serious Cold gonna War. Be, he moves into a couple positions here that are kind of cloak and dagger. He's got some... Uh, Experience out of uh, Berlin setting up some asset networks for double agents. And so cool. Then he moves into something the U.S. military liaison mission, uh, which is actually working out of East Berlin. Spying on the Russians yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And stuff. Are you a consultant. Comes mm -hmm. back from that, tries out for the unit. He goes over, he's over, for, over there for 13 years and retires as a master sergeant. But here's where it starts getting interesting. This is where he starts getting into the training, you know, the training, which is really identifies what he's doing today. They're starting the Asymmetrical Warfare Group, which is uh, a unit in the Army that uh, is responsible for a lot of their, you know, modernizing their training. Uh, specifically, he gets attached to the Combat Application Training Course and developing Very a lot cool. of things there. 
moves is he, he moves away from that and starts two companies which really identify what he's primarily doing today. One is TMAX, which stands for Tactics, Marksmanship, Adventure, Concepts, and Security. It's also kind of like sounds his name, too, like Mac. Yeah, it's very T-Mac, cool. It's like T-Rex. Well, he is T-Rex. an animal. He is a, I wouldn't call him a dinosaur because I don't want him to beat my ass. But. So T-Mac... <laughs> Yeah. So T-Mac, they, violent, they obviously yeah. do a lot of, say, firearms training, uh, other tactical training, things like that. But then we've got CST, Combat Strength Training System, which is, like we've been talking about, a very practical approach to your you know, your physical training, to prepare yourself for life. It's like he's, he's, As it relates to beating someone's ass, <laughs> that's is, the is, cool part. And right? this is what he says, yeah, you saving can... your life, saving someone else's life, or kicking someone's ass. <laughs> It's basically what he, yeah, he's, he's, brought, he's brought Blackbriar out into the open, right? To get to civilians. Or Treadstone. He was Treadstone. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. He so he's bringing out Treadstone, Treadstone and Blackbriar. He was like the poster child for that. You know when that dude's laying in the bed and says Jason Bourne? Oh. Pats is actually right next to it over McNamara. on the other side. He was number Mac, two. This is McNamara. Yeah. On the <laughs> I didn't even give him an alias. He's a damn badass. Oh, my God. So that basically brings us up to speed on what Thank his you, wizard. condensed background is. Thank you, because that's essential. I think, you know, I, you're right. I was just talking about a madman. People are like, what the hell is Rhett talking about? But no, have you seen the guy? Have you ever, I mean, obviously, of course. I, we, we've watched the videos. Of have done our research. I, I love his style. Have you even seen he does this step into a Slim Jim ad on YouTube, too? Which, dude, he dresses up, and he's Perfect, no, bro. No, I swear to God, it's awesome. It's one of the funniest things you've ever. He's got a sense of humor. I mean, it's intense, a little dark, but he's got a sense of humor. He does fun. Like he's got this great stuff he does with Wes Whitlock on Rogue American Apparel. Wes well, I mean that, that that all that. I mean that's what he's an operator, right? That's who he is. I mean, he's a CAD guy through and through. Like you kind of, it's not an act. Yeah, I know. So he's. He's moved on, right? You can't do that job forever, and you're—that's what you're dealing with. You're dealing with one of them guys. Mindset, yeah. Well, not only the the training, right, but the application uh, knowledge of it, and and he can deliver it. That's that's a great thing about it, you know, is he kind of put it in the perspective of whoever's out there in front of him, and that's priceless. I mean, well, most time you got to go look what we have to go through to get that training, right? And Mm -hmm. and 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 Mm -hmm. as it relates to the never quit mindset, and this is what I want you to pay attention to if you're listening to this one. What I want you to pay attention to and to think about is I want you to think about what he says and how you can apply it in your life immediately as it relates to whatever enemy you're facing or whatever obstacle you have or whatever inhibition you have to evolve and and free yourself up to, to get that fire going in your belly, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I. That's what's key for you to pay attention to. So, what do you think, gentlemen? What do you think? Is it time? Should oh, I sing time. the song before no. we bring him on? Nope. I'll just cut it out if you start singing. Again. Oh, that that sucks. All right, yes. let's bring him on, ladies and gentlemen. Power. Let's bring Pat McNamara, badass, onto the show. Let's do it. One hundred men. Welcome. All right, and and I tell you what, man, it's it's one of the coolest things in the world when you have a profound respect for somebody that's from your same world, from your same universe, and and especially somebody that has drilled so far into 
how the human condition works, how we function from a physical level, from a mental level, from a spiritual level, and to be able to bring that person on, man, it is, it is, it warms the cockles of my heart, Marcus. Good word. How about you, bud? Good word. Cockles of my heart. That was a good word. You dig that, don't you? Yeah, cockles. That was good. I like the cockles of you my heart. What I dig about about Pat is the fact that, and this goes up all of us when we go through training, we become what we are. We're we're good at it. We go out, we perform it. It's those guys who can take that step to the side and and train other people in oh, what, in the art of what we do. That's how you the, know the coaches are right. the best. The best, right? Yeah, and, the best. And, and and there's a lot of bad coaches out there. We see it all over the internet. Yeah. We see it all over the place. People spouting off, "Hey, I know what I'm doing because I had five seconds in special operations." So follow me, but but Pat <laughs> is the real real deal man and <laughs> Pat, welcome to our show it is an honor a privilege man to have you with us man god bless you Th- welcome to the show all right you're already firing me up i'm supposed to fire you up <laughs> <laughs> i dig it brother i dig it all right all right so before we jump into why our listeners come here why they keep coming back and that's to hear your greatest never quit story man we're gonna warm up we're going to do a little, I, 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 one of the, my favorite things that I found that you set out uh, in a lot of the information is we're going we're gonna to do a little proprioception. We're going to do a little kinesthetic sense development for our, our gray matter up top here. And we're going to do that. We're going we're, we're gonna to beef it up. We're going to get going. We're going to soften it up and develop some rapport by giving you what's called. Yeah, I don't know what I, I mean. Th- th- Again, very impressed. <laughs> Those are his words, dude. I, right? I, I mean, I thought we were going to do the Mad Minute. <laughs> Is that what all that meant? Is that where we're going? I think that's what we're going to do. <laughs> can, can you just... Because just listening to you, I'm fired up. My brain's going now. I'm trying to process that last... Uh, Dude, that was good I, stuff, man. I mean, the, everything the guy puts out is is gold, man. That's why, like, I like I, I went back and I was doing the research. I, we'll get into that later. Let's jump into the mad minute. Marcus, let it fly. All right, favorite superhero. Batman, that's an easy one. Oh, Batman's good. Batman's good. All right, all right. What gun? I mean, if Batman's not top, if Batman's not in your top two, you need to be drug tested. <laughs> He's the only mortal one, you know. Yeah, that's fact. That, that's Absolutely. true. We all need to. Uh, we all need to embrace our inner Batman. Mm. Ooh, I like dude, that. I'm gonna write that. I down. like that. I write that down, dude. All right, all right. What gun is sexier? Not what gun is better. What? Not what gun is cool. What? What gun is sexier? The 1911 or the Glock 17? 1911, easy one. I no. knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. All right, which battle would you like to fight in? The Battle of the Bulge, Thermopylae, or OK Corral? Nice question. Oh, my God. I'm going to say OK Corral. I have an infinity for the West and stuff like that. Right? I was thinking about that one, too, man. Plus, Thermopylae, you know, we go down so hard. You could uh, get a lot of points in the OK Corral just by being cool. You know, you couldn't do that in... And yeah, uh, and the battle of the bulge. <laughs> yeah, good point. As cold as shit, right? It was, I, I, it was, dude, it was it's, cold, it's, right? I can't believe that we're actually talking about. I just I'm watching Ken Burns' documentary at night. Oh, I just watched, the, and I watched the, the battle yeah. of the bulge last night, and that was a suck factor times <laughs> ten, dude. Holy cow! All right, all right, wizard. What do you got for Pat? All right, fight to the death. Fight to the death between your average domestic house cat 
and a one foot tall gorilla. Damn, gorilla. <laughs> Everybody says gorilla, really? Well, it's one foot tall, Damn. but it's still got gorilla strength, dude. All right. Arcus, fire away. You said fight to the death. Am I fighting it to the death? No, no, no. This is between your regular domestic house cat and a one foot tall gorilla. Oh, which one's going to win? The, uh, yes. the, uh, I'm going, I'm going to, man. Yeah, I'm going to go with house cat. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the house. Foot. I was. If you'd have said mouser or like a barn cat, that's completely different, man. Them dudes run on a different level. Those mousers, the feral cats. Yeah, feral cats, man. Oof. I'm not a cat guy, so I'm <laughs> yeah, going to step so. out of this conversation completely and go to this right now, Pat. If if you could be if you could be hanging out with General Mattis right now, old Mad Dog. What would you whisper in his ear that the first order of business overseas should be? Uh, first matter overseas that um, <clears throat> we, we got to squelch North Korea. That would be my first one. Dig it. Dig it. Nobody else. My chief always said that. What? Oh, dude, you can't say that. On, oh, I know, you, but you I mean, can if you that's want the first to. Thing that popped into my head. Uh, of course, something dirty popped into your head. Well, every time, <laughs> like, what do the men need? The master chief would always stand. He's like, "Well, we need more beer and women for the men, sir." Yeah, I, yeah. All right, right. I, I hear you. I hear my <laughs> two universal cousins. My my first CEO. Oh, oh, I heard that, and when you asked that question, that's the first thing that popped into my head. Uh, of, good course times, right? yeah. of course, it did. Of course, my first CEO <laughs> used to come out. I'll never forget. We had two dudes go down to TJ. And like beat the snot out of I don't even know how many guys down at in on Revolution. We come back and he comes out and the the, the command master she's like, You guys can't gotta be stand-up guys, blah 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 blah. This dude comes out and goes, All right, gentlemen, I realize that you you can't feed a tiger milk, so don't get caught. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Exactly. All, right, all right, you got one, wizard? Uh, Marcus, what do you got, man? Oh, so, hey, what was your first car? Uh, 1954 Chevrolet Bel Air. Oh, nice, actually. Wow. Nice. Yeah. I bought it with uh, paper route money. It was an old lady on my route, and uh, it was just sitting in her driveway. And I bought it for uh, $850 in 1981. Oh, wow. All right. If you had to pick your favorite guitar of all time, and the guitar could be some famous guitar player's guitar. What guitar would you love to have, and what's your favorite? Well, I would have to go with uh, with Dimebag's guitar. Wow. Um, and what model, what model was that? I don't remember. But, man, the, the throatiness. And uh, on the flip side, the way he could make it sing, <clears throat> the contrast, the colors there, and the ability to – switch gears with that particular now granted that was mostly him doing it but you, you the machinery is responsible for uh for some of that that throatiness and uh, inability to sing and then my my favorite I, I i love i love my flying v right now i love that guy that, that's like 1980s cool right there is the flying v remember yeah didn't didn't who was it? It was the guys from Cheap Trick that made that guitar famous, right? Yeah, and um, Dave Mustaine also played with the Flying V for a long time. Dean Guitars actually has a Dimebag Daryl series guitar. Really? Yes, they do. Wow, that's cool. 
That's super cool. I know what we should get Pat for Christmas then. <laughs> there we go. For sure. All, All right, right, Pat, I got I got I got I got to hit you with another animal question. You ready? Tied up, thrown into a closet for 30 minutes. Right? You're hog tied. Would you rather be in there with three water moccasins or a chimpanzee with a grenade and a serious sense of curiosity? 30 <laughs> minutes. Um, I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with the water moccasins. Yes, that's a good call. Man, after my own heart, two questions, same but answer. Is, if, if I'm completely benign, if I'm completely motionless, they're probably not going to fuck with me. They're just going to cuddle up. <laughs> they're not. They're extremely aggressive, mm, but only that. toward an aggressor. So I'm not going to get fucked up by the water moccasins so long as I'm not aggressive. So 30 minutes is easy. The chimpanzee, no fucking. <laughs> <laughs> as, soon, as soon as that, as soon as that spoon flies, no, no, nobody's safe. Wait, the pin's out? You, you didn't say the well, pin was out. it's a chimpanzee. He's got dexterous fingers. You just said he had the grenade. You didn't say that the curiosity. pin was already out. Uh, yeah. That's true. He said curiosity, Pat. All right, all right, Marcus, hit him with the last one, <laughs> right. bud. And you got me rattled up about the snakes. I don't even... <laughs> all right. Well, well, I hate snakes. God dang, man. I've been... Hey. But, well, what's your power animal? There's one. Like, when it's time for you to get into the oh, meat of it, and you, and you, and you got to turn it on. I mean, one of them last ditch, this is a fight, this is on. Which, which one do you go to? Uh, it's, probably, it's probably lion. I mean, damn. I mean, when you see yes. you know, a lion in full attack mode, it is ballistic micro-fight. There's no fucking around. It is completely ballistic micro-fight. That's a great term. That is the best term I think right. I've heard in the last month and a half. Ballistic microfight. May we quote you on a regular basis on that one, brother? I need to put that on a t-shirt. We yeah. can start a company yeah, called yeah, that. Sure. <laughs> totally. Ballisticmicrofight.com. I got that one from Blower. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, he's an yeah. animal too, man. All right. Well, gents, that's the mad minute. I think, Pat, your answers have... Uh, Definitely uh, uh, stood the test against every other guest we've ever had doing it, um, but Good. and we appreciate it. But now let, let's we got to shift, man, because the reason why we're here is because there, as you and I both know, as as all of us know, there are a lot of people in the world that simply don't they they don't know where to go to find the critical information that's going to help them overcome massive obstacles, that's going to help them when they're getting the pummel, when their head's bouncing off the deck, they're getting crushed physically, mentally, spiritually. They don't know where to go to find the information or the stories, the, the something that's going to pull those motivational triggers and get them in the fight day in and day out. And we knew... You've got that. So, Pat, without further ado, could you please, please grace our guests with your, or our listeners, with your greatest never quit story or stories, please? I know this is broad brush and it's probably a cop out, but my entire uh, career was a never quit story. Um, if, if I could go that route, I'll kind of give you the one over the world. Please. No, that's what we want. I mean... Charlie Daniels did that. Dustin Pedroia did that. No, the, I love those. So and they said it just like you did. They, they kind of they hesitated in the in the door there, like, "Hey, look, man, my whole life's kind of been one of these. To, to single one out, it's gonna, I ain't gonna cut it." So please, fire away, brother. Well, 
only because I had to overcome a lot of adversity and a lot of hurdles, especially because I enlisted uh, on the 18 X-ray program. So SF baby, I mean, what do you know when you're 18 years old? Nothing. You're you're dumber than a brick with a hole in it. And here I am going through infantry basic training right to jump school, and then the plan was to go right to the special forces course after that. But I got hurt in jump school. I was a tow jumper beside oh, my uh, oh, body. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, no, no. And you got to tell that story. So second jump in jump school, pulled the bicep into my forearm, broke all my ribs, dislocated shoulder, concussion. Um, it came loose. I went, uh, I, I landed uh, unassisted. I didn't have to pull the reserve or anything. But here I am in the hospital in 1983 with all these Grenada war guys. Uh, guys who j- jumped into Grenada yeah. um, in ni- yeah eighty three. Um, so months later, I was able to finish jump school to the SF course, and way harder than I thought it was going to be. You know, I was physically prepared, but mentally, I didn't have true mental capacity yet. You know, I didn't have that good spot, that moxie, uh, that drive. Uh, the way some of these more seasoned guys, some of these ground pounders, the way they had it. Uh, but, so I made it through, but it was a struggle the entire time. And then I went to a SF group. Um, I got hurt again. Um, got another surgery. Uh, had, my, um, had, had my knee reconstructed. I fell off a cliff. Oh. But, um, so L, uh, I, my, I had to have my ACL replaced and my meniscus repaired. But and that was back when you know orthopedics wasn't the best. Yeah. Uh, so ice and motion, you know, it was a big mess. They just opened that thing up and hammer and drill and Dewalt <laughs> or whatever else they had. <laughs> and, Bring the other one in. <laughs> yep, yep, absolutely. Uh, and then I had a couple. I did a couple of cold board jobs. I had to get language training. I had to get drivers training. All these different schools. Uh, oh, I can even back up further, man. I'm all over the map talking about ADD. So by the time I was 22, uh, I had uh, two Special Forces MOSs. I was uh, Halo qualified and Combat Dive School qualified. It was my second time going to Combat Dive School. First time I had two shot water blackouts. I'm sure you you know what those are or very familiar. Um, But by the time I was 22, I had two SF MOSs, and I was what was considered a Whiskey 9, so Halo and Combat Dive. Wow. Man, you had a BDU resume from hell. What's that? You know, you guys in your camis, man. Y'all love to wear all that crap. <laughs> BDU resume. That's, that's what it is. BDU. That's what they call it. BDU. I heard that from awesome. that SF guy. Yeah. I, I was like, Jesus, man. What does all that mean? At 22, too. That's I mean, like, it's exactly, crazy, right? dude. Yeah. And he's probably an E8 already. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, when I, 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 after the Cold War, I volunteered to go selection. I broke my ankle on day fucking one of the unit selection. Um, I walked on it for a week and a half and just couldn't go any further. They knew I was jacked up. I, I voluntarily pulled myself. They invited me to come back. The next time I went through, I, 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 I did very well. I won't say I smoked it. I almost said that, but I did very well. Um, during my time at the unit, I got hurt again. I jacked up my, uh, my back, uh, Rolled a Hummer in Bosnia and crashed in a little bird. The, the combination of the two jacked my back up. So L5S1 and this shoulder uh, repaired. So 
nutshell is over 22 years of special ops, I retired with four reconstructive surgeries and 13 broken bones. Oh. But um, but now I never ever ever wanted to accept mediocrity ever, uh, because what had happened is I started developing more and more attitude. And here's the thing, attitude, aptitude, and desire. That's what makes the body run, the body and mind in harmony and makes it run as a machine. Especially, still today, attitude is not something that everybody has, but, but it can be acquired. Attitude can be learned, but in order to sustain it, it requires energy and discipline to maintain and to sustain attitude. Can I, can, let me jump in real quick, Pat. Was there someone, like you talked about in your early developmental stage, you didn't have the moxie, you didn't have the attitude yet. Was there an early person that you identified with was in, and was like, that's the guy that has something that I want to emulate? Yeah, there were a bunch of them. I had the best mentors. Um, I had really good ones going through the Special Forces course at, at 18 and 19, you know, I, I hung around these, you know, staff sergeants from Ranger Battalions. And, um, man, like, R.B. Gardner was the first one. He was my first mentor. Uh, older, well, older, you know, in his late 20s. That was considered old, you know, if you're a ground pounder. And um, so I really looked up to him. And then the next one was a guy named Duncan Graham. Unfortunately, he killed himself uh, in the 80s. But uh, he was a he was a Vietnam vet. Uh, got got out after Vietnam, came back in and went to the special forces course with me at nearly forty years old. And then I went to combat dive school with him too. That motherfucker had moxie. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, dude. I love it hard. Hey, they do. Yeah, they're little crusty some bitches. They do, man. He attitude, and he was a good one to hang out with because he wasn't a knucklehead either. You know, he was surreal, but uh, the guy had, he de- he definitely had fire. I mean, he had freaking fire beyond what I knew as fire at the time. So that, th- those two were my first ones right there. Cool, cool. So aptitude is next? No, a- attitude, aptitude, and does I want to go back to attitude, though. Like I said, it, it, it can be, it is learned behavior. And it's something that can be acquired, but it takes discipline and energy to sustain it. When people ask me, dude, man, you're 52. How are you smoking those guys who are 25 years old? Like, I am not in better shape than they are. But I am oozing attitude. Because in my mind, in my head, this is what I hear in my mind. I could be anybody at anything. Is it true? No, it's not. But that's what I hear in my head. I could beat anybody at anything, at any time, at any time. Bring it on right now. Call me right now and challenge me at something, and I'll kick your ass. Pat, I want to take you on at Connect Four, bud. Connect Four. <laughs> I think I can win at Connect Four. <laughs> Connect Four. Awesome. Yep. I love it. So what I would like about the three, too, is the desire component. Can you expand on the desire? Well, desire is, I explain it a lot in my courses, you know, we cannot perform our self-image and that limits begin where, where uh, vision ends. 
a um, couple mantras I like to live by, especially that limits begin where vision ends. You gotta have desire, you gotta have want. And it's beyond needs, you know, needs are one thing, wants are another. And wanting a, a good portion of that is not accepting mediocrity. You know, don't just fall in uh, into a rut, follow the crowd, uh, get lost in, in the maze, but but want that, you know, desire, want, want. To, if you want it bad enough, you will get it. There is a way to get it. And I'm not talking dumb shit like I want to fly to the moon, but <laughs> realistic, you know. Um, if it's ambitious and realistic, nothing is unobtainable. There is no unobtainium. You know, it's it's there. It's and it's ready for the picking. And I'm not talking just low hanging fruit, but you know, the goal at the top, man, the the, the pleasantness at the top. So um, desire and want are are. Uh, I think they they they're closely aligned with attitude, though. If you've got the attitude. And you got the and aptitude by aptitude. I don't just I don't mean you know IQ, but but your, one's ability to do research, to know what is right from wrong, to know um, when to do the right thing versus doing what's right, that kind of thing. Uh, that that kind of aptitude. No, I I, I absolutely agree with that, man. I, I think as we grow up and growing into men and boys, we we hang around our, our crews, right, our friends, right, and especially the guys that have more attitude than us. You're right. I think you, you your attitude comes from everybody around you. If you want to be like something, you hang out with that one, and it literally will flush right on top of you. And the, the difference with between yeah. people who can push past that, I hear people talk about, oh, yeah, he's a patient man. He can make it through anything. Well, patience wears off, and then after that comes discipline, and that's what we have as operators is discipline. When my patience wears off after laying in my own feces for two weeks waiting on somebody to drive by, it's because <laughs> the discipline in there is – I will outlast you, right? right. I mean, that's, that's the ticket. Right. That's what you're telling yourself. Like, hey, man, there's another human being on the other side of this, and he's just going to have to outlast me. Well, mm-hmm. well, this, and you guys are talking about something that is very challenging for people out there because maybe they don't have that. They haven't been exposed to it. And, Pat, I got a question for you because this is interesting. Through all the different schools, through all the different groups or teams or ODAs that you were part of or teaching, training uh, cadre, was it, was there a component of that peer, uh, that, cause that, that perpetual peer evaluation that enhanced the moxie, that enhanced the attitude that you didn't necessarily want to let them down or you had something to prove or, can you explain a little bit about that, how you'd go from one group to the next and how that fueled your desires? Yeah, you know, I tell you, I got most of that from from working at the unit. That was a whole new level. It was a whole new level of shit there. You know, I mean, because you're, you're special ops community is pretty big and um, and it's a great community. When you start getting into those small units where there's a selection process and that kind of thing, you know, you start working with a different level of dude. And, um, man, it, it, the first team that I was on at the unit was, um, I, was blo- I was blown away. I thought I was a badass. And, man, all I was doing was just, like, trying to snap link into dudes and keep up with them. It, they freaking absolutely blew me away. And my first team leader was, um, he was constantly drilling in the head. You know, hey, man, you're basic. You're you're in the fucking NFL now. 
you know, and I, res- I reserve the right to fire your stinking ass at any minute. And he was nonstop testing us. And this is just a team leader. I'm talking, you know, a sergeant first class. But it was not uncommon for him to page us in at 4 in the morning and go and lead us on a 10-mile run. Uh, and it was nonstop like that. So challenged by a team leader, challenged by a troop sergeant, tra- tra- challenge at the troop level, ch- challenge at the squadron level, challenge at the unit level. And it was nonstop. Additionally, guys were always on the bubble there. Uh, like, and the unit kept that mantra, too, that we reserve the right to, to fire your stinking ass anytime we want. Because uh, selection is an ongoing process. You know, never be late, late out of uniform. And if guys slipped up, man, you had no problem firing them. I mean, damn, I mean, there were I mean, 10-year 10 10 operators, good guys, and with no priors, uh, especially if it was like, um, let's say, morally or ethically uh, questionable, gone. No questions asked, you know. Uh, Can I jump in? Let me jump in on that right yeah, there yeah. because I think that yep. right there, that pressure of the moral, the loyalty, the focus, because – as you detract from that, you're ultimately letting down the people that are pushing themselves at that level. How do people implement that in their civilian lives, Pat? Is it possible to, not at the same level, obviously, the existential reality of tier one operations and your death and all that stuff, or what? it's not relevant in a civilian life, but how do people right. apply that moral that integrity, the level of honor, how do they translate that into their civilian lives? So what we're talking about is like guys who work maybe in a corporation or something like that. Yeah. Or, or just in their personal lives with their friendships, right. And the people they're trying to help in the, that are struggling or whatever, or themselves. Yeah. Now it can be difficult if a guy is working, let's say he's working, as a component to a bigger machine. So he's a cog in the system. If the system has, and, and, you, and you're going to, uh, this is a phrase that's going to resonate with you. If the system or the machine has a good culture, yeah, then it, he is more apt to be able to uh, succeed at that higher standard because the system is going to want to. And the thing about a culture, it takes a long time for a system or, you know, that machine, that group to, to, uh, to reach a level of culture. It's, it's by, by contrast though, it's very easy to fuck a culture up. You can go down this way, like a, like a dirt torpedo, but going (laughs) up takes a long freaking time, man. It's a long, long, steady climb to reach a level to where you have a good culture. And I think an individual also, if the individual has, so basically like character, if he's got character, which is like, at, I don't know, I'm, I'm going to say that it's culture at an individual level. If he's got good character uh, and he listens to stuff like this and reads the right books and also hangs out with the right kind of people, because what, uh, what uh, you were saying earlier about hanging out with the right people. I like to say that bad assery is contagious. Yeah. But so is mediocrity. That's contagious. Even more so. Mm-hmm. The whole concept of cultural evolution, the developmental process involved in that, it, it's essential. And I like that you say that bad assery is contagious. And well, the, the separation when we get in from into what we do is, like you said, death. 
right? right. And the reason the, the the guys who have been there for 10, 12 years, he was talking about he didn't even have anything on his record. He was a squared away guy, and then all of a sudden we got rid of him. And it shows you that the the team is what's important, not that individual yes. uh, operator. And you see it in, in in sports. Like one athlete will be like so and so, and the and the Texans led their you know went to a victory, and they 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 isolate that one guy. And if he gets hurt, and he's he, and he's down, usually the team suffers the most. In, in our world, that's not how it how it is, man. You know, one operator gets hurt, we backfill him in. And the reason they're so hard on the guys who have been around for a while. And yeah, stuff gets lax on them because they've been around. Right. However, you know, they ha- you have to walk that line because the new guys coming up are looking at you. Totally. And if you're up there trying to get away with something, by default, yeah. they'll try and do it. They won't put the work in and go through the years like you did. And that's why we get pissed at them. They're like, hey, what the hell are you doing? You're like, well, you do mm-hmm. it. And I'm like, well, I've been here for 20 years. Yeah. I'm like, well, you know, I didn't know that. So that's why they, you know what I'm talking about? That's why they, they make us walk that line. And you're supposed to because the tempo, it lets you know that the, the team, that whole unit runs that fast. Right. Not just that one guy, man. And in order for that to happen, I have to be like this, man. It's nothing personal. It's if you want to get in here, this this is how it works. And and ultimately, in the more selections that you have to go through, especially when you get in a dev group, man, that's, or, or CAG, that's what is it a, a quad? It's a triple or a quadruple volunteer. Oh right. So I mean, you're you're weeding everything away, and you're getting into it, basically what what you're dealing with a bunch of guys who are all, all almost similar. Man, they can learn at, a, at the same rate and that that kind of deal. And those guys that don't, they go away. Yep. That, and, I, that's <sighs> what I like about what you're talking about. And right now, I think culture and I, Pat, I know you're probably hearing this all the time, and 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 when you're out training and giving speeches and stuff, and you know, culture is the hot word and everybody wants to try and take, you know, our culture, whatever it is, whether it's SF or SEALs or MARSOC or whatever. And how do we translate that culture into their corporate lives? And, and I, my, I joke and I laugh when I'm asked that and I say, well, do you got, you know, you got a fire hose and, and, and a 200 pound rock and we'll, we'll, we'll work on it for like a month and we'll lose productivity. But it, Right. How, in your estimation, does do you enhance the never quit culture in that corporate cog mentality? Is it possible, Pat? All right, all right. So I think the I think the big reason why it can't be replicated, you know, that kind of culture, you know, so special operator team culture. Let's let's let, let let's look uh, micro level. Team special operator. Um, they have endured and embraced the suck <laughs> together, so they know which mm. what the other one is made out of. They they have also lived in squalor and in horrible fucking conditions, butt naked, <laughs> right next to one another, and um, they've. They've looked into each other's souls, you know. They've been in scary situations, looked at each other and gone, gone this is when we're going to die. And you, you, you can't replicate yeah. that in a corporate world because I've probably done that 12 times in my career. And, and most of them were in the past probably uh, six or seven years in, in my career where I've looked at another guy in the eye. And we both had in our, uh, in our eyeballs, this is where we're going to die right here. And we both knew it without saying a word. Um, I, I think, and some corporations do this. And dude, man, I might be smoking crack on this, but 
But I like when corporations do those dumbass like team building <laughs> shit where they're building obstacle courses and climbing up ropes and you know that kind of thing. Because at least at, at a micro level, they they know who is going to be there to help them um, to help the team. You know, uh, because the team building th- uh, exercises are uh, conducive to well teamwork. You can't have just one superstar getting everybody through it. Everybody's got to work together. You know, so if there were team building exercises that lasted, let's say, a week, where they were issued maybe a one raft a day and deprived of sleep and had these insurmountable tasks to do, then maybe uh, something like that can uh, help, uh, you know, build a more cognitive unit, a better, stronger, fitter unit in the corporate world. I'm not sure if that's possible, though. No, I, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I'm, I've got this one group of five guy, five people up in uh, New Jersey at this one financial institution where I, I did a speech a little while ago, and they, they all stayed after, and I, I issued this frog logic challenge where, all right, first off, nobody can take a, a hot shower for a week. If you guys do it, give me a call back. We'll, we'll, I'll give you another task. So they did it, they, and then so we got on the phone and talked about it. Well, they just signed up for uh, a super Iron Man right, where each person takes legs, and now they're all doing stuff that's way out of their comfort zone. They're 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 drilling down on training, and you can just you heard on the phone that transition, that component into hey, we realize that pain and the pain we suffer together. It enhances our badassery. It enhances our culture, and it's going to push us forward. Now, Marcus, you talk a lot of we we've we talk a lot about pain on the show, Pat, and 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 how it what what it it cultivates it cultivates uh, a bond. uh, What? Yeah, our minds, our souls. Well, one of the things that we do that I don't think you could replicate the civilian world is we we start over from the bottom every cycle. True. Right. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll start work, work up and we'll go through the entire thing to, together and separate. And we do that for the new guys so we can see what they're made of and they can also see what we're made of. Right. right. And right. I mean, from the beginning, right. Combat swimmer, all that stuff. I mean, that's why the workup is so long and cumbersome. And at the end of it, we go into the big game. We go to the show. Right. And then we put out and then, man, you earn your stripes. You come back. Got some new guys in. Got some guys leaving. Start over. And our foundation yep. that we we that we started with. We visit, we revisit it every time right. to make sure it's still solid. That way, when you hit the us, basics, yeah, and you hit us and you start taking us down, man, you got to take us layer by layer. I dig it. And the guys right. who have more training and have been around longer, man, they're the ones in the front, right? So you I mean you can hit them as hard as you want, and those guys behind are watching and learning and picking that up. And I, we were talking one time about the, I you love see the these, layer these old the um, like the generals and when the combat starts going down, right? They got that face, that war face, right? And they're like, oh, it's intense, man. Well, that's really is that's what he looks like when he's afraid when the fear's on board, right? Right? It's just been mm-hmm. cultivated over so many years that Hard. if you've seen it, you're either dead or or you know somewhere <laughs> else. And this guy's just you know what I'm talking about, and it's just like man, like, how are you? How are, how can you? Well, man, I'm a little nervous right now. How can you handle this? Like, oh, don't worry, this ain't bad. I've been here before. Don't worry, but. Let's just keep going. And that builds that that bond and that confidence in those younger guys when you see the other guys that have been in there taking the heavies. And that's what we do as opposed to like a CEO. Some of them, you guys, younger guys never even see him. Yeah. They just follow an order from some dude that they never don't even know. With us, man, that guy's out there, you know, right there swimming with you or bleeding with you. 
Well, let's make a let's take right. a pivot because I like let's pivot on this concept and go back to Pat because in terms of the layers and building layers on the individual and how that that translates to long term never quit mindset. Now, Pat, you you've you've last you know the unit tier one operational. You said I mean you touched on it a little bit, and I'd love to at some point down the line bring you back to talk about really drill into mindset and the evolution of mindset, but let's try and pivot a little bit and talk towards your, your evolution and training and wanting becoming a training specialist and to delineate your information out to whether it's cops on the street or people protecting their families or people carrying their own weapons or, or even in your combat strength training to, to build a hard, a, a, a more solid base to be better people. How do you, when you get that raw piece of a material, that individual that you know is just a whack sack of spilt shit, right? How do you say, all right, this is your base layer and this is what how we're going to begin stacking the layers? How do you assess the individual? What are you looking for? And then where do you start? Well, all right. So th- there was a few questions there, but I'm going to start. <laughs> I'm going to answer like the 25. One. I'm going to answer the the, um, the the CST, the combat strength training one. If a guy is coming to me uh, anymore, I I, I, uh, I have a extreme low tolerance for bullshit. If a guy comes to me and says, "Yeah, man, I want to be badass. I want to be fit," um, I go, "Oh, well, that's great. Good for you. Here's where you could find me." If he follows, nine times out of eight, he's not going to follow through. And I am not going to beg him anymore. Usually, I try to encourage somebody. I would say, oh, yeah, you got to do this, bro. Let me freaking help you. Fuck that. I'm done with that. <laughs> um, because if he, if, he needs, if he needs a kick in the ass to get motivated, he's not worth kicking in the ass. But that individual, that sack of shit with freaking fat ankles, and he, he looks like he's, you know, cheesecloth filled, filled with cottage cheese, and um, uh, he's got a stomach like a sack of doorknobs. But that guy who um, follows through and says, yep, hey, I want to start doing something with you. I want to get your ebook or work out at your gym with you. Can you, uh, uh, can you set me on the right track? And, and if, so if he pursues that, one thing I know, there's an ember there. There's an ember, right? It's not a, it's not a big flame, but there's an ember. All he's asking me to do is just put some kindling on it, and then he's got to nurture that. Just... Just blow it a little bit. Just get that fire going. Um, because if there's fire there, I'm going to fire that guy up because now I know it's worth it. And I've, I've been able to transform. I've been, oh man, I'm so very fortunate. I'm very fortunate in that I can transform and fire, fire somebody up and transform them. But it's only if that, only if there's a, that ember. Once again, that attitude. So it's an it's a, it's a attitude this big. But that attitude can grow and grow and grow into an inferno. All he needs to do is just, you know, figure out the, uh, how to do that. What? Yeah, you got to cultivate what is it. the ingredient. Where? What? What's the best? What's the best fire starter? What is the best uh, medium for me to uh, to build this inferno out of this little ember that I have? But if he's got that, easy, easy day. The fuel. I, yeah, the fuel that burns the fire inside of yep. him, right? And, and somebody asked me this the other day. They were they asked me if a warrior was born or if he's developed, and I didn't have the answer. So I, you know, I was like, you know what? I never really thought about it. I've heard the question. I, I sat down for a little while and I, I started thinking about it. I think everyone is born, and, and 
the thing about the title warrior, we're the ones that everybody kind of, it runs down from us. Right. When you think of a warrior, you think of a war fighter, and then it rolls down to athletes and everybody else. But I think, man, you got warriors in religion and the law and pretty much everything. Dig it. You know what I'm talking about? I dig it. And the thing about, I think everybody has that fire burned inside of you. It's your energy, right? It's what keeps you alive. It's your soul. That's We refer to Ice. it in, in multiple words. But the thing about guys like us, man, is we run on a blue flame now. Right. Everything that we've been through, all the training, the trials and tribulations, man, it's turned that fire up so hot that when I wake up, I'm like this. That's cool. Right? And that's yep. we work this hard. You just you can't turn that down. It's, it burns that hot forever. And when people come around you and, you know, You'll catch him on. You'll catch him on fire. You're the fuel. You got somebody like him that runs hey, real hot hey. like that, man. Yeah, <laughs> fucking hate. Man. Come on. Uh, I love it, Pat. You know, about, I, you, you hear people that that, that some, some guy man, just just gets so fired up just watching. Something. You know that hair stands up on your legs. You're on. You're like, oh, something's happening here, man. That's that transition into whatever it is he he can take you to. You can train somebody to do anything. I mean, right. look at the, our training pipelines. They rip everything we were away from us and mold us back into whatever it is we want to do, right? Or what they want us to do. And that flame is what drives it. And make no mistake, man, you you can drag anybody into that if if yours is burning hot enough. Well, I, this is an interesting question because Pat is, uh, uh, brother, you are a unique dude. And I, I, that's what's so special about you. That's why I love everything that you do, how you do it, how you talk about it. Can you, I, and I understand that the soul is unique. That's the beauty of the human condition. But I also, I, I am of the same mindset that you are, Marcus. I believe each person has the fire that's lit and can go, can turn, you know, with the right fuel, can, can be, you know, a raging inferno. My question is, Pat, what inhibits people? What? Are, why are they trying to quash that? Why are they getting in the way of that? Why? At one point in one of the things I saw that you, you said, when you consider the outcome, mm -hmm. it's sabotage to your ability to perform. Right. Is it that people are too inclined to imagine the end result and they forget the essence of what builds the flame? Is that what it is? Um, I, I put this on my Instagram the other day, and it's it's something that um, I, I, I'm saying more and more. And it's very simple. I don't. I think I made it up because I never heard anybody say it. But hard work sucks, and not everybody's cut out for it. Uh, some people are not cut out to 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 uh, to build their fire. I don't. I think that there's a lot of there's a lot of human beings on this planet who just are, are, are very satisfied with existing, not living, but existing. And existing is so freaking easy. Living is tough, you know, especially if you're going to live life. You know, if you're going to live life, it's freaking tough. And it requires hard work. Hard work sucks. Not everybody's cut out for it. All right, back to the performance thing. Different topic, but I want to get back on. We're talking CST and training. Um, in the training world, one of the things that drove me to it or made me appreciate uh, being a trainer, because I kind of trickled into it, was I realized that that was saying something. I wasn't just talking, but I was saying something, and that it was extremely receptive. Because in order to be a guy on a podium, 
like to teach somebody. You need to be the right person who's going to say the right thing to the right person at the right time. Awesome. You can't just be any nug. You know, there's schools and special ops who that uh, train a trainer, but everybody's cut out for that. And then my niche was I, I, I started looking into sports psychology and wondering why uh, a, uh, a special operator or a not so much a special operator because the mindset is there, but let's say an LEO. Why a law enforcement officer would not consider himself to uh, at the same level as a professional athlete. And because you're basically in a team sport. Um, the end game is, you know, could be lethality. So you, if you consider yourself to be a professional athlete, you're going to train like a professional athlete. Professional athletes don't train for the outcome. Uh, the probability of achieving, because they know that the probability of achieving the outcome they desire will increase once they let go of the need to have it. If you think outcomes in training, it will sabotage your ability to perform. Performance-based training <clears throat> is how that professional athlete trains. He's considered considering task at hand. Where is my home, and how can I make an incremental improvement to the structure of my home? I talk about this. It's at the most simple level. Whether it's your shooting or your physical training, uh, I'm all about making incremental improvements. So I tell guys, hey, no leaps and bounds here. This, this is a trickle effect. Think of it this way. If you cloned yourself yesterday, can you kick your clone's ass tomorrow? It's as simple as that. So if you're making these incremental improvements, you're improving. And if you're not improving, if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. No, I, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I think what 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 is key, and I'd love to... Again, I'll probably be a two-part or ten-part question for you, Pat. But, but the uh, the essence of development at, within that human condition is really yeah. dependent upon who you surround yourself with. So, yeah. when you have a training class, whether it's you know at your gym or it's on the range or whatever <laughs> it is, do you? How do you? How do you get the people that are performing at a lower level that are a little afraid to push themselves a little? How do you utilize the other people that are have the drive that fire is burning? How do you inspire them to inspire others? You know what I'm saying? How do you use uh, the collective to, to push the right. bottom feeders up? All right. Well, <clears throat> I go with, um, that's a good question. It's pretty simple to understand or simple to explain. I like primitive learning. Uh, primitive learning is, uh, it's kind of default. So the way we learn, number one, number one, the first way we human beings learn at a primitive level is vicarious learning, aping, mimicking. So I make sure that I'm demoing everything in my classes, whether it's an exercise or a shooting drill. I demo it all, and I do every drill with everybody. Um, I also tell the guy, because when I run a course, regardless of what kind of course it is, I, have, I would consider an extreme skill set disparity. But I, I give them permission right up front to work within their own capability level, that it's okay. Because I say performance is measured by doing what we can with what we have. And we all perform differently. And it's okay. Stay in your lane. You cannot work like him. You can't perform like him. Don't fucking worry about it right now. It's about incremental improvements. So when I have that guy on the range who is mediocre but wants to learn, I'll, um, 
if I don't get to pair him up, because I do a lot of group dynamic stuff on the range where I get groups of like three groups of five or, or four groups of four. And I'll make sure that those groups are evenly mixed with top dog shooters and, you know, guys who are either, either they suck because they just suck or they suck because they're new at it. Because I need them to see how those top performers work. And I'm also going to tell them, hey, make sure you're watching those guys. Don't just stand here pulling your putt. Watch. When they do a drill, watch them. Watch their footwork. You know, watch that proprioception, that kinesthetic awareness. Watch how they dance through this. It's a dance step. Watch them glide like an athlete. And then mimic that because mimicry and that vicarious learning is extremely powerful. All we need to do is we need to give ourselves permission to take it in. If we take it in, process it with our brain, we're more capable. And not everybody's got it. Not everybody's got a a natural athleticism, that kind of thing. Not everybody does. But they can still make improvements. And if they see what right looks like, they are more capable of performing right on their own. All right. Well, there's a lot of outside uh, influences that help that as well. I mean, you're exactly right. It's kind of one of them deals when I was in seventh grade. I mean, Michael Jordan, I threw on a pair of Jordans. I couldn't dunk. Man, I felt the part. Right. <laughs> I mean, if you're one of the people who can't get it done, man, I mean, just engulf yourself in everything. I mean, I- shut your mouth and open those two eyes and just watch what's going on. And, and don't be afraid to, to make mistakes. And I mean, hell, we, f- we fail in the open all the time. That's how you know you're trying well, and that's the great challenge for our listener who's sitting on, who's getting hammered mentally. They're getting hammered emotionally. You know, the, the, the challenge is, you know, they have it. They, they're tired of getting the beat down. They're tired of getting pummeled. They're tired of, uh, you know, always fe- feeling like they're getting crushed. And that, that becomes the repetitive cycle of defeat. Now, what I think is is the great challenge and why people continue coming back to the show and why they keep waiting to hear whether it's, you know, uh, I don't know, some great other guests or it's Pat, the, you know, what is the trigger? What is the mental fire? Where, because you had talked about before, Pat, and, and some, whether, what uh, what in, when you're at the unit? What books guys were reading, or what influences right. they were searching beyond just their team on an individual level? How, yeah. how do people how, like when you offer suggestions to people to continue the fire to continue once they leave you? How do you do that on the mental self? How do you do that on the spiritual self? I mean, what kind of direction do you give people there? Well, I. I I tell them, first off, you know, the analytical side says, hey, remember, training's got to be comprehensive, systematic, and progressive. So take notes, show yourself progression every day. Because um, <clears throat> I'm not talking to these guys like they're in the military. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, um, I am mentoring them with velvet glove. Because a lot of the guys I have went into it like half-cocked as far as, um, you know, uh, they may have had like complex inferiority complex or whatever, uh, or had bouts of depression or problems with drugs. I deal with a lot of different type of people. Um, so I tell them that training has got to be comprehensive, systematic, progressive. 
So make sure you show your progression. And then I, I kind of give them the spiel. I go, look, dude, why are you working out? Why do we work out? Remember, we work out for three different reasons, right? Or basically four. Four different reasons. Self-preservation, longevity, number two. Saving, saving your life, number three. Saving his life, number four. Kicking somebody's ass. <laughs> so those are the four reasons you work out. If you're working out for cosmetics, you're in it for the wrong thing. Now, it's a byproduct, right? Cosmetics, you're going to look better. You're going to look and feel better. But there's four reasons we work out right there. Um, and the other thing I remind guys of is, is that, especially if they have kids, because I'll, I'll, I'll stab them right in the heart with this one. I'll, 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 uh, I'll pull on, their, uh, on all of their uh, emotional nerves with this side. Remember, guy, you've got little kids. You are the agent in charge of your own executive protection detail. They are counting on you. They are counting on you to save their life when shit That's hits cool. the fan. When shit goes south, you're the shift leader. You're the agent in charge of your own executive protection detail. So remember that. So it, remember why you're staying fit. Remember why you're staying smart. And remember why you're keeping your skills up for that right there for your loved ones, not just for you, but, and then I could also, let's say they don't have freaking kids. They're all by themselves. I'll tell them, well, you're the fucking sheep dog, bro. There's a lot of sheep in this world and they need protecting. There's the sheep outweigh or outnumber the sheep dog a hundred times, a hundred times. All those people who are just existing, you know, they're flaccid, uh, happy, fat button pushers, just <laughs> walking around sucking up air i get hypoxic in their presence but we are still responsible to protect them so if the guy's got a family i'll pull on his heartstrings and tell family if not i'll say hey bro you're a sheepdog remember that stay sheepdog i, I love sheep. it i love it i love it now i mean you can boil it all the way down to hunter gatherer it's it. possible. Yeah. Get, mm -hmm. Strip everything away, yeah. all the white right. noise, take it all the way back, no matter how civilized we get. It's hunter-gathering. When stuff hits the fan, you're exactly right, man. You, I mean, a lot of people, just ask yourself, what do you have to call somebody to help you to do? That'll let you know how weak you are. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, we see it all, too. Bystanders running the other way, not even getting hey, involved. When that, when, that, uh, when that guy went on the field the other day and started shooting those uh, the congressmen, yeah. you, they showed the video. The one dude was like, hey, anybody call 911? Yeah. While he's videoing. Yeah, literally. Somebody video, else will do yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, man, I got it on video, though. Yeah, I'll be able to post it on YouTube. All right, uh, let's not go down uh, that yeah. negativity because that'll, that'll suck and, us in. Yeah, and you, I, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole either, but what is wrong with human human beings? I mean, that's, that is innately – that is – not human. That is subhuman. When, when you're going to film something instead of assisting or looking for assistance, hey, I mean, that is, um, that's psychotic. And that, that's like becoming, becoming a norm, that kind of behavior. That subhuman behavior is like a, it's like a norm now. Well, we had, we had Dr. Grossman on. Dave Grossman came on and talked about the desensitization of America in particular, our youth and, and, and how that's affecting the, you know, our innate empathy that exists within the human condition. And it's a real problem right now. And that's why violence is skyrocketing. That's why uh, we're having problems with uh, being able to discuss things in a mature level. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's, let, I want to shift a little bit because one of the things that uh, is so infectious about you, Pat, is the fact that you do live life to its fullest. And you do 
go big in all the different things in your life. So when you're when you're not, you know, you know, mastering or training combat, you know, the combat strength training or or teaching T Max or how you break down your your training regimen, what do you do? to in your personal life that you're living life to the fullest what do you do i mean we talked about guitars i know you're into cars i know you you've got some really cool friends out there that are that are fun to hang out so tell us and the listeners what you do in your personal life to not balance out but to continue that flame burning as bright as it does all right well so Man, I am extremely, I'm not one of those guys that gets mushy and says, oh, my life, my wife, I love her so fucking much because she might be listening right now. Um, but legit, le- legit, I, I wish that uh, what I have, other people could, that everybody could have as far as like finding the right, finding your actual soulmate. My wife is my best friend. Uh, I don't like to be away from her for for uh, a weekend when I'm training. I, I like I, I like to be attached to her. We chat like schoolgirls, and we do everything together. Um, so usually if I have some kind of time off decompressing, a lot of times I'm doing it with her. Uh, she just told me recently, she laid down the law. She said that I needed to take one day off a week. <laughs> day off. Mm. And uh, I thought about it. I went, that's not a, that's not a bad idea. So I, I said, okay, Wednesday is going to be my day off, which isn't today because uh, I'm working my ass off. So I'll start <laughs> it in a couple weeks. Uh, but, but I did uh, last Wednesday, I took off and I got up. I, um, seven, eight, uh, at seven, I, uh, I teed off. I played 18 holes. It only takes me about an hour and 45 minutes because I'm the first one out. I don't fuck around. I hit him straight. <laughs> I like golf because it's extremely cerebral. Um, it's extremely cerebral and spiritual. And when I'm playing golf, I'm thinking about one thing, playing golf. Uh, as soon as I finished with that, I didn't even work out on my day off. Um, I read. I read for like two hours straight. Wow. And then I played the guitar. I played the drums. This is my day off thing. I played the guitar. I played the drums. I started uh, a sketch. My wife and I are going to collaborate and we're going to do a mural together in our uh, studio. Um, so I started sketching out the concept for the for my side of the uh, mural. Very and cool. um, I tinkered with my GPO a little bit. This is all day off stuff. Like, man, if I'm going to have a day off, I'm going to do all my shit, all my hobbies. I busted out a bunch of my old photography gear and just make sure all the batteries were charged and then I cleaned off the lenses and stuff like that. Um, but I'm, I'm hobby heavy. And I think the more interest you have, the more interests, the, um, the more, number one, the more interesting you are, the more you have to discuss with people because we are social creatures. I'm not even, I like to be my, by myself. I'm extremely ex- extroverted when I'm extroverted, but I like to be, I like to be by myself. I like to be by myself or just have, even if my wife's in the same room, she was, we know when not to talk, which is just as important as knowing what to say and when to say it is not as knowing when to just shut the fuck up. And we both know that very well. Um, so 
and right now I'm prepping. I'm going to Montana next week. I go to Montana or the Rockies every year um, in late June. And uh, I do a, uh, I call it a blood run. So high alpine, orienteering walk. You know, I'm talking orienteering, one over 24,000 topographical MGRS maps. Uh, and I'm living off the land as much as possible. I take just enough ration so I don't starve. Because I'm moving out. I'm humping pretty long distance into the uh, wilderness. So that's one of the things I'm prepping for right now. But, yeah, man, I'm super hobby heavy. I'm looking out at my garden right now. I do everything from that to uh, <laughs> uh, one of them that I disclose. Everybody cracks up as I love. I'm a bird watcher. So I don't just mean looking at them at my bird feeder right now. I've got uh, purple finches, gold finches. I just had a uh, kingbird and a, uh, there's a pileated woodpecker over there on the tree. But, I mean, I actually go out into the woods and, like, spot them and stuff like that. I've tracked birds for, like, three days in a whack. <laughs> That's yeah, so- it's, it's crazy because I walked in the house, yeah. I think, last week and was talking to my wife and, and I was sat down. I do the same thing. Like, I, I have the, the, the laminated cards of all the birds. by the, You do? Yeah. It, <laughs> and I study them and read them. I mean, we have everything from bald eagles down to hawks and, I mean, everything. Everything's out here. out here. That's for sure. And uh, I walked in the other day because I've been trimming back all the oaks and the, and the pecan trees. And I got into this whole diatribe about all the birds, and, and I looked at my wife. I was like, "My God, am I am I a tree hugger? I sound like a tree hugger. I'm happy that I am. You know, I'm, I'm having a good time You're with a this." Conservationalist. Never ever <laughs> would I, that come out of my mouth. Awesome. Hey, wizard, you got a question for for Pat? I know you do, bro. Throw it out there, Adam. Yeah. Hey, Pat. The, this whole thing about being a jack of all trades and, and all that—I certainly consider myself to be somewhat light. Well, certainly like that. I mean, it contributes to the richest of life, the cross-pollination of these different interests, and, and all that's just sort of autocolytic. Right. Um, yeah. But I received a piece of advice when I was younger that uh, said, don't become a jack-of-all-trades because you'll become a master of none. And now I can think of just shooting from the hip an example of a, say, a Tiger Woods who, I mean, he grew up heavily focused on one thing and developed that into being one of the greatest in the world. How would you respond to someone who says, being a jack-of-all-trades is not going to allow you to develop in one area enough to become ultra-successful at it? Yeah, uh, I think that's bullshit. Um, It's really good to be a master at one, but it kind of sounds like a job to me too now, you know? Um, I mean, I love having a bunch of interests and... Uh, I'm pretty sure that I have mastered like the bird thing. I'm pretty good at that. I've been doing that since I was 10. <laughs> fly fishing is another one that, and I am really, really good at fly fishing. I've been doing that since 10. Now it takes a long time. You know, this is an investment of time. Um, so I think that somebody should, you know, pick up crocheting and, and uh, basket weaving and, uh, uh, fly tying and kite flying and then ditch them in a week's time. You know, I'm talking investing time and research into these, uh, uh, into these hobbies because it's, it's extremely therapeutic. If you're on just one, what happens to, I'm going to throw a term at you. Um, we get in, we fall into a rut where we're not exercising, you know, the right lobe of our brain because now it's work. It's, Mm-hmm. It's intuitive that uh, doing that one particular task. And what happens is we fall into this rut of um, complacent adaptation where we don't even realize that we're doing the same thing over and over and over. 
Um, and sometimes we, we won't realize that, um, that we're not getting better uh, because we've been doing it for so long and we are now um, making a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy, which I, what I call hmm. like institutional inbreeding. And that happened at a, at a, uh, a personal level too. Yeah, I, I think that's a bullshit statement, man. I think it's very therapeutic energizing and uh, uplifting and spiritual to have a lot of interests. But I think that they should, you should invest the time in them. And um, man, especially for therapy's sake, you know, going back to like, uh, I don't, I don't draw every day. It, it might only be once every two weeks, but I love drawing. And when I do, uh, I'll be damned if, if uh, somebody doesn't say that I haven't mastered it because like pointillism um, I'm pretty freaking good at that too. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't call myself a master, but I have mastered it at a personal level, not on a collective level, but at a personal level. Well, that's yeah. interesting. That's super interesting right there is. And, and I think that statement, I've mastered it at a personal level versus a collective level. Thereby, I don't give a shit what the overarching opinion considers my mastery, but I feel good doing it. I know I'm pretty good at it. I'm an artist too, Pat. I was an art major in college and I feel you. And, 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 but it's that sense of, Hey, I, it's going to take me a long time to get to where I have a realistic opinion of my skill set, right? That I'm not just going right. to, like you said, bang on it or bang on your guitar for a week or a month. And then, you know, I can play one song. I'm good to go. It's that long-term investment of time. Well, it's that being judicious is what I'm hearing. Okay. He's being judicious about having a variety of interests that he's involved in, as opposed to this person who one week studies horticulture and then gets into comic book collecting and then Dang decides it. they want to be a foreign diplomat. Yeah. It gives you the time. To develop. Well, I, I just love, Pat, one of the great things I love to watch, because I'm a big follower, I follow you in all the places, and hope you'll tell everybody where they can do that, is is I love the comments that people put up on your, your different pages and your different sites, and you're, mm -hmm. you're a real inspiration for people on whether it's, it's their... 18 year olds are they're they're 48 year olds man you're you're delivering a real positive influence in the world and man i hope i wish you all the success where where can our listeners go and find you and follow you and get more information from you well back to that point real quick i, I am extremely fortunate and i am blessed and i consider it an honor and I'm humbled by the fact that I could help motivate others and, and, and ignite their drive, just ignite that drive. And I want to keep doing that. That's one of the reasons also next year I want to work less because I want to stay more flexible in helping others. <clears throat> like this, the never quit thing, this whole thing, you know, to me it's extremely important. Um, so I want to do more of that next year because I'm doing it but I don't feel like I'm doing enough of it because the, the responses and the following is, is, like you said, it's extremely eclectic from, you know, 14 to 70, you know, and, um, and all walks of life, all different uh, 
states of mental capacity, physical capacity. So I need to keep doing that. So, you know, on my like Instagram page, it's uh, at TMAX Inc. Um, I try to keep that motivational. You know, it's, it's rock and roll. It's working out. It's shooting kind of thing. It's car beer. So it's, it's, it's all about life. My Instagram page. I, I try not, I try not to do anything heavy. I stay away from politics in it. Um, even though politics is a lot of fun. Oh, so much fun to talk about. <laughs> uh, so I've got that, that, uh, T-Max Inc. Instagram. I also have combat strength training Instagram. And then I have my YouTube page, uh, Pat Mac YouTube page, YouTube channel. Um, and that, and that's fun. I, I keep them all short. I hate freaking eight minute clips and stuff, even though there's, there's an interview th- that runs eight minutes, but all my, all my takes on my YouTube channel are, I think they're all less than two minutes, uh, because I want it. I want them in your face and I want to captivate the audience, maybe teach them something <laughs> or if not, um, uh, motivate them. And I also keep them rated G because a lot of little kids like them. I have a lot of friends or cop buddies who say they could run my YouTube channel in a uh, in a loop, and their kids would be glued to it. Um, <laughs> I love yeah. that, dude. I love that. So it's all rated. It's all rated G. No cuss words in it. Um, and then I've got uh, CombatStrengthTraining.com. Got an ebook there. Uh, uh, hey, a good motivational book. I don't have the copy of it here, but I, it's, uh, since we're self promoting, I book the uh, Sentinel, and which the the subtitle is being the agent in charge of your own executive protection detail. That book talks about situational awareness, about vehicle preparedness, home invasion, prepping, uh, physical preparedness, shooting, uh, and a lot of military isms and how we could like use a pace report, you know, primary alternate contingency emergency in our everyday life, or how. Uh, we uh, use troop leading procedures in everyday life and um, objective rally points and uh, stuff like that in everyday life. Um, Interesting. So that's a fun toilet bowl book to read. It's r- real short and it, and it goes real fast, but it's one of those books that you want to dog ear and go back to. Um, and then what else do I have? I think that's about it. That that's quite a bit, though, brother. And, well, hey, and hey, Pat. Uh, something we always like to do with our guests before we sign off is we've been talking about all these people that are listening. I mean, wide range of wide range of folks, and we've certainly talked about uh, some interesting stuff today. But what we like to do is maybe try to distill down. You know, if you could just pass on like three things that have been impactful, meaning for you that just keep popping up as these things are extremely useful that you could pass along to people out there. That spark, those three sparks that'll get people into the game, so to speak. Well, I can always go back to attitude, aptitude, and desire. Uh, number two, we, we, um, we never stop learning. We never stop growing. You know, it took me a long time to mature. You know, us guys, we take a longer time to mature, and some of some of us longer than others. I didn't, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't become a grown up until probably age forty is when I became a grown up. Um, so you, you, you can't you can't give up. Another thing is, a lot of guys uh, will consider themselves like over the hill at that full mark. You know, where they're like, "Oh man, I'm in my late thirties. I'm freaking over the hill." Um, 
and this is through affirmation through other guys who are like my age and fit. The fittest of a man's life is around 44, 45 years old. So, you know, if there's that little bit of doubt, if you become, I like to break guys down into a combat chassis, you know, some guys are uh, yeah. high speed sports cars. Other guys are maybe freaking, I consider myself a sixties muscle car. Um, because you know, it takes, it takes a little finessing. You got to look out for it. You got to put the right fuel in it. It's got to take in the right air, the right amount of air. You just can't beat it to death. Um, and then but other guys are broken down, you know, 75 Impalas. Uh, but they, they, you know, and they've accepted that. But you can come out of that. You can come out of that rut and you could make you a better you. I think that's, that's all one could ask for is to be the best th- thems you know to be yeah. the best person that they can be because we're all different you know and and maybe that means that we're a little or a little uh nicer to people in need um a little more uh giving a little more uh um free to uh to extend you know, that knowledge base to teach somebody something. Um, so those, that, I think that's two things. That, that's, that's a bunch brother. <laughs> that's awesome, man. And, and, and that's awesome. Listen, Pat, thank you again, brother, for coming on the show. We're, we're so honored to have you and we'll be looking at it. And, and I'll tell you what, if, if, if something big happens for you, we'll be paying attention. We'll get you back Absolutely. on the show. We'll talk about that, and and we'll dive down and drill down deeper and all this stuff. Thank you so much, man. God bless you. Hey, brother. Right on. Thanks, guys. You guys rock. 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 <laughs> Bro, I, I used to think I had energy, dude. I'm I really did. I used to think I was fired up. It would have been fun to work with him, right? I I mean, just imagine being in in it and and looking across where, like, all right, he he looks over at you, you, he gives you the look, we could die right now, but then he gives you that little smile, that little tinge, you know what I mean? And he's like, but we're going to not, but we're not. And And then he gets into it. Yeah. Great, exactly. And there's always the guy, you know, you know who they are. I mean, it comes in, it's like, oh, this really sucks, man. Let's get it on, right? It's got to fire it up, right? Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> when you, when, it's funny when it's so bad when the guys start complimenting on how 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 good the other, like, oh man, that guy got me good. Woo! You know, they're really hammering our ass. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, you're complimenting the enemy. Yes. Oh yeah, yes. the levity. You gotta. Yes. I mean, when it's yes. like that, right? You're throwing that out, and when it's down to the Looking over, man, like, hey, we ain't gonna make it. That's that's, that's heavy. That's heavy. I right? think it's awesome to see that dichotomy in somebody. The person who can who can laugh about something like that and just be that positive motivator, but man, capable of doing, I guess, what somebody would classify as just terrible things, Where almost you- in the same breath. And I I think it's amazing to see that dichotomy in some in, in somebody. Now, Pat described that as a learned capability. Do you believe the same thing, Wizard? That that at some point, if you have the willingness, you can shape that out of people. We're gonna jump right into that. Actually, heck yeah, we in are. In my humble opinion, that's what I'm asking. In my humble opinion, I 
and I'll reference an example, and maybe you don't need my opinion, but I'm going to reference Mike Ritland, who's like the canine oh, trainer. We talked to him. Love him. Right? Love Mike. And one of Mike, the chief I love things you. That, they, that he does, they identify which animals are going to be suitable for the program. Right? Right. That speaks to the fact that there are innate traits bred into, at least we're talking about dogs here, but there are innate traits in these animals that, um, that set them apart. They are predisposed to be able to perform at that high level Violence. that you're going to require them to do, yeah. you know, the raw materials to train into them. I you believe that it one? also exists in human beings. Do you believe so? That's what they're doing in buds. That's what we're doing in selection. That's what they're doing at all the levels. They're well, looking for those compli- I think it's more complex in human beings, but I think obviously there's the free will and choice. I feel that those of us who are attracted to that warrior culture already, already have those traits. Question. Here you go. The person who's at, who's listening, who's struggling to find the never quit mindset, struggling to find the fight in them. If we find them or they find a program where they can be around someone like Pat, if they can be around someone, whatever, whether they see a speech by Marcus, they read one of my books or whatever it might be, you know, they're, they get exposed to it. And it creates a spark, not necessarily where they become, where they live for the violence of action of a, of a kind of a literal warrior, but they develop the mentality to keep coming back, to keep coming back. That's, I believe in everybody. They just haven't had the exposure based on wherever uh, well, they that's grew what up. They do. That's why they put us in a team environment. I mean, just back in the day, you have the one warrior, many, you know, you, we got guys who, they're, hey, fight all the time. That's what they, they right? And then there's those of us who, oh, we're going to fight? Let's get it. I wasn't looking, you know, I wasn't here to start one or this, that, and the other, man. But if my boy is, I'm going to get in there and go just as hard as he is, right? And we feed off each other. That's why seals rotate out and they come in to train. They're the ones that train us. Yeah. I mean, there's no, we don't have, I mean, the outside teachers we have, they're training us for the outside stuff. When it comes to that time for us to do what we do best, man, we're cultivated by the the fierce, most fierce warriors on the planet. And Pat talked about that when he went to the unit, right? It intensified that to okay, another so, level. Right, maybe that's oh, it. That culture. Maybe that's the guys yeah. who make it or the, and, and survive in that are the ones that can uh, can absorb it. Can Abs- be. You're right on there. Yeah, that's you know what, what you're talking about. It's, it's the, the ability guys who can to change. absorb. Yeah, change and with with and take everything with your team as it's coming, right? And y'all absorb it together, right? It's those guys who, we said sense of humor, right? You got to right. have that sense of humor. And uh, that's that's a big part of it. And, and you'll notice, man, our sense of humor has changed together and we all think the same thing's weird and funny. And then when they separate us, you kind of go back to your, like the guys who are married, they can go back to being their normal guy, but they still get pulled back to us because it's that powerful. Right. And those of us who are single, well, what do we do when we leave? We go together, we stay together. Totally. We're all together. I mean, we got 15 dudes in an eight-bedroom house, right? And just kind of work, <laughs> work together and... <laughs> and bad things happen. <laughs> bad th- what, what do you think, Wizard? I just want to clarify. I, I'm not saying that... I do believe that the capability of someone to develop that fight, whether it's a physical fight, a mental fight, that perseverance, Spiritual I believe that they're capable all, and it's, it's, it's able to be developed. I'm just saying that I think... It exists in greater quantities, naturally, in certain individuals. I agree. That's what I'm saying. I agree. Yeah, so if, are you being forced into it because someone's picking on you or, or, or like us? Where you're, we're you volunteer for it. Yeah. Right. To, to be trained. And they, the base, you know, they baseline us, man. You don't start out. They just don't sign up and go to combat, man. There's levels. Huge levels. Three and a half years worth. 
for some of us just Five to get there. Others. Yeah, and then and then and yeah, just to get there and then start up. And it's and there's a reason behind that. I mean, there's certain schools we have to go through. There's certain things you have to pass. Certain stressors you have to pass. And every time you go through that, you know as well as I do, you go through that door, you're not coming back. That part that. And it ultimately, right. it grows yeah. right down to fear, right? They right. put our biggest fears in front of us, and they train us how to get through them. Embrace them. Yeah, embrace them. Uh, so mm. I think for me, when I listened to Pat, and the what I, again, what I had suggested to the listener at the beginning was, hey, look for those small details in what he was saying. One of the ones that really just leapt out at me mm-hmm. as he described it was, hey, the mindset is about incremental changes. The phys- your physicality is about incremental changes. The performance approach. Absolutely. It, it, it's not, you're not going to spin the dial or, or the moot concept where you can regurgitate it mentally, right? It just happens. The, the ability to react in a, in a meaningful way under stress. Awesome and that has to be practiced. And I think Pat McNamara has proven beyond a reasonable doubt that he can take a person that doesn't necessarily possess a greater, deeper essence of fight, but somehow provoke it through mental motivation, inspiration, through great training alone to where you learn to embrace the fear and you can replicate it on an ongoing basis. People try to, I guess they, a lot of people are like, oh, you're desensitized. Well, is he desensitized or is he trained? Or- is he trained right. to be super sensitive in, in, in that environment, right? And I, it's kind of... Well, look at us. Come- well, the gunfight scenario. Like, you know, people get into a gunfight. I don't ever want to get one in again, right? What, we do, and they're like, but when's, that the, when's the next one? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, like, right. Well, going back out? Yeah, let's go, man. Whatever. It's conditioning, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and when you can condition a human being in a particular way, and we've seen it throughout history, whether you're conditioning for war, whether you're conditioning for peace, whether you're conditioned for a certain political viewpoint or conditioning for whatever, human beings, like Pat said, we're primary, we mimic, right? We want to uh, feel emotional rewarding from other people. So when you get the right training program and you get the person who's willing to consume and to submit, you can push a person towards a particular direction that, enables them for the fight yeah and and let's not discount the importance of that the willingness to be trained and that's how we we give up our free will once we sign up that's what we're doing yeah you can't yeah that your your approach your to make yourself capable of being trained that can't be discounted and something that also struck me as as poignant when he was talking about the culture over there at the unit and then anybody can what did he say you're sorry asking we we reserve the Ability to fire your stinking ass anytime we like. Ten years in. Right. Bye. Think about the power of that has against com- combating complacency. Oh, I love that concept. Right. I love that. You, the peer review. Yes. That I mean that all that okay. I don't want to slip up. Yeah, you can't get comfortable. A million different things. And I get comfortable. And I think well, that's... we have that. We and know you're trying every day, yeah, right? Yeah, the only easy day was yesterday. That's what that means. The only easy day was yesterday. You got to prove you got to earn your trident every single you day, go. man. And, uh, yeah. and I think for our listeners, that's a key point. You have to apply that perpetual pressure in terms of that pursuit of perfection, right? We're never, we're never going to be perfect, 
But you have to have that external pressure. Unfortunately, as human beasts and what the human condition does, our willpower and resolve and perseverance wears out. That's why it's essential to have great trainers discipline. in your life. That's when discipline comes in, when your patience wears well, out. Well, and also to be mm-hmm. understanding that saying, hey, Marcus, I'm going to need you to cover down on me, like you say all the time, when my weakness hits to help me stay in the fight. Yeah, that's why they put us through the bad stuff with each other. You, you sign up and, and you sign that line and you, I mean, you tell yourself like, all right, I'm, I'm in. You think I'm, I'm in here. I can't leave, right? That's kind of one of the commitments. <laughs> I mean, I got, that's what I thought. I'm like, oh, I'm in here. We got, we got to do this. And then they, we, I had to go through hell with you. Yeah, we're going to be buddies. So I'm going to stay here as long as humanly possible until you quit. And then the new guys come up and then, it, you know what I'm talking about? Just like the cycle. We, yeah, man. We're just, we feed off of each other, it. man. It's, it's, uh, it's why it's always better to suffer with a buddy. Amen. <laughs> I, I love it. Well, I think that's, that's a lot. I mean, and, and I hope for you, if you're listening to the show and we, again, we, we just want to thank you. The wizard, Marcus, and I, this is our calling in life. This is our purpose is to bring this show to all of you to help enhance your life in whatever capacity, whatever metric, whatever little incremental thing or change that's going to benefit to you. That's what we're trying to do for you with the TNQ podcast. Hopefully, I'm praying, man, down deep that you heard something that's going to benefit you. And if you did, man, please go out there and share it. Please share it with somebody in your life who needs help. Please share it with a friend that's down or please share it with, you know, if you had this mindset, it's been dark and now it's coming back, share it with somebody else. And and if you can, help share the show with other people who could use it. That's why we need your help. We're blessed that you're part of this. If, if you're a first-time listener and you want to hear more shows, please go visit our website at tnqpodcast.com. They're all listed there, a description of what's going on. We've got a truckload of shows. We're at about 2.2 million downloads because of all of you. We thank you so much for that. Uh, we've had some amazing guests from all walks of life. And if you're really inspired, I mean, if you're moved, and you have a story that you believe can help others, please don't be afraid to write in. And send a check signed (laughs) The Wizard for whatever donation amount. Man, that was a powerful moment that you just destroyed Mm, with your greed right there. Right? Right? I think he needs to shut up now. I, I think no more talking from The Wizard anymore. I liked it better when he didn't make any noise. He would just mumble something, one word answers, but now, damn, send, make the check out to David Rutherford. <laughs> I need that, but that, I'm not joking about that. Write in your story, tell us, but also make out a check. No, Listen, all kidding aside, we want to hear your story. We're desperate because the stories we are do. meaningful. We're going to post the stories on, uh, if they're suitable, we're going to post them online. If they're good, we're going to read them on the air. If it's beyond office, awesome, when it blows us away, Marcus, what happens then? Bring them on here. going to bring you on. We're going to bring you on air and have you tell this story in detail. Because what we are is we're a community. 
We're a community of never quitters, and, and we want to enhance other people to become a part of that community. That's why Marcus started Team Never Quit, because he believes in that aspect of it. He believes in the community that we all are supportive. We need to get behind each other in those darkest hours to perpetuate that mindset, that spirit, so the next time you're faced with overwhelming odds, you too will never quit. Amen. So that's all I got for today's show. I, I want to give up just a, another incredible thank you to God for his role in my life and for Christ and for my family and being there in my greatest never quit moments recently. Uh, and also I want to thank uh, Pat, man, you are a true inspiration. I hope I'm charging as hard as you. If in at 52, I'm gonna do my best and really improve on my training. I want to thank Wizard and Marcus for doing the show with me and helping me fulfill my purpose and calling in life, man. And just thank you, Marcus. And that was good. I when guys come like like him come on and motivate the mess out of you for the rest of the day, right? Rest of the week. Yeah. So thanks, man. Yeah, taking the time to come on here and telling your story. It was a good one. One of them life stories. Awesome. Uh, I can relate. But, and to everybody who keeps uh, bringing us back, man, that that's huge. The numbers. And I, I I sit down here with Dave and the Wizard, man, and they tell me all that. And I just, it's just unbelievable. I, I'm so dang <laughs> thankful, man. It's, it's crazy. It's a blessing. So thank y'all for that. I'm out. I'm out. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.